In our Key 3 series, we ask some of the best cooks and chefs we know for their three most important recipes. You know, the ones they keep in their back pocket and use all the time. The ones they think we should master as well. This week, we're talking to Amanda Cohen, the vegetable whisperer of New York. She's the chef owner of Dirt Candy, and we met up with her in her kitchen. So, Chef, thank you so much for having us in today. Thank you so much for coming and visiting us. So here we are in the beautiful Dirt Candy restaurant, your restaurant, uh, where you famously you know, make vegetables bend to the force of your will. And your menu has uh, is all named after a particular vegetable, and there are like 17 versions of that vegetable on the plate. Exactly. But here we're going to talk about the key three things that you think everyone should be able to make at home. And probably we won't be able to make your food at home <laughs> because we're not as good as you. But what do you think we should always be able to make? Uh, well, I'm just going to take one step back. It's not that you're not as good as me. It's that I have a crew of about 20 people in the kitchen <laughs> helping me out. So I, I doubt you have that many people at home <laughs> helping you out. Uh, I think... When I cook at home, I really want basic recipes. And so there needs to be things in my arsenal that I can sort of pull out of my fridge or cupboard and make really easily. So there are three things that I definitely think everybody should know how to make. One is a easy, fast soup. One is risotto. And the last is a leftover sandwich. Ah. So what is the sandwich of choice? Uh, for me, I usually have a lot of leftover uh, greens. I often take home whatever's uh, left in the restaurant on Sunday, uh, or we'll have bought stuff and just never used it throughout the week. And for me, I just take all those greens and we saute them, take some fresh lettuce, figure out whatever condiments I have in the condiment drawer, pile that on top, and it's done. And it's actually really delicious. And you're not just eating a salad, you're eating this like sandwich salad. Yeah. <laughs> But okay, so if it's like if it's sauteed greens of many stripes and colors, yeah. beet greens, turnip greens, whatever you have lying around, maybe some lettuce, condiments, do you have like a sandwich philosophy? Like what will turn those things into a good sandwich? You need really good dressings. You need something really chewy, something really crunchy, hopefully something crispy, and just sort of like, for me, it's always I want something spicy. And yeah. if you have all those components together, you have a really good sandwich. Maybe something acidic in there too, like a pickle. Okay, so something acidic, crunchy, spicy, yeah. and a good dressing. Yeah. So in your mind right now, you were just in the walk-in five minutes ago. Think of the first bunch of greens you saw in there. <laughs> You're making a sandwich out of an unlimited pantry. Yeah. What would it be? So I, we have romaine lettuce, so that takes care of that. We have a ton of broccoli raw, which is nice. It's bitter. It's going to stir-fry really nicely. We have our homemade hoisin sauce as well as um, uh, garlic mayonnaise. So those two take care of your dressings. Oh, killer. And then we have actually some dill pickles that I would probably, if I was at the restaurant, I would deep fry. If I was at home, I would just slip them on in. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so Lower East Side, New York. <laughs> it's like a little Chinatown, a little old Jewish. Well, I mean, that's exactly where Italian. the restaurant is, right? We are on the cusp of Chinatown and the true Lower East Side. So I get to incorporate all those ingredients. That's awesome. Uh, you mentioned risotto. Tell yeah. me about what risotto should I always be able to make? Uh, I think actually any risotto, because I think risotto is really basic. So we always have rice in my house, usually arborio, and it's a really, once you sort of understand how to make risotto, it becomes sort of second nature. You don't have to think too much about it. I usually make a vegetable risotto because I actually have a juice store right across the street from my house. So it's really easy for me just to run across the street, buy some beet juice, 
and make a very basic risotto and then add the beet juice in. Oh, it, cool. But just, you know, all of a sudden I have this really comforting bowl of beet risotto uh, where I feel like I'm healthy, even though it's probably not that healthy, but it looks healthy. So I've tricked <laughs> myself. Colors. Colors are important. Colors are always important. And we do that. I've done that at home with carrot juice and with uh, spinach juice. Wait, so like you, so, okay, walk me through it. Cause you're saying you make a super basic result with, with stock, yeah. like, like you'd weigh Even actually just water. Oh wow. Water can, is fine. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm lying a little bit here cause I'm making it sound like I have a lot of ingredients in my house and I don't, I have nothing. Uh, <laughs> I have a true chef's kitchen, which means there is nothing in there. <laughs> my, my fridge is pretty sad and pathetic. Um, so if I had stock, I would use it. Chances that I have stock. Eh, pretty iffy. Uh, so, yeah, we'd start with a basic risotto. Uh, I always have wine, so that makes it easier. I definitely have that. Garlic, onions. Um, and also, I mean, stock is a really great thing. You're going to see, actually, when I talk about the soup, that I also don't use stock in it. Um, you don't always need it. And in this sort of, when you have, like, a really flavorful uh, end product, you, the stock sort of disappears, uh, especially for somebody at home. Like, that's a great restaurant trick. You don't need it at home. So you start off your risotto, you know, you saute your onions, you get the rice in there, you get the wine in there, and you can just keep adding water. And then at sort of the last stage is when I would add the beet juice because I don't want to kill it. I want to keep that really, really bright, uh, flavorful beet juice. That's the main flavor of the dish. Oh, cool. So you, oh, this is awesome. So like instead of the whole thing where, you know, people get so freaked out about risotto. They right. think like, oh yeah, it has to be like, tender but not too mushy and it has to be like al dente but oh my god how do you make a rice al dente and it has to be soft and you know saucy yeah, but not so soupy people like <laughs> totally get in this like psychological place where like risotto is hard but what you're saying is like you saute some onions you throw in some rice yeah you throw in and some then you wine. keep adding your like liquid until it gets to the point you want it to be and then you finish it off with the beet juice and this is always my philosophy about cooking at home as long as it tastes good it doesn't have to be perfect. Like really, like that's how you get people to cook more at home too. You just have to relax about it. If it didn't work out the first time, it's fine. You're going to get a second chance, hopefully the next time when you make it. And if you don't, you're dead. So you won't know the difference. <laughs> Risotto, if it's a little bit overcooked or if it's a little bit undercooked, it's still really delicious. So if there's too much liquid or not enough liquid, it's fine. It's, it's like a delicious. big bowl of comfort. Yeah. Uh, you're not selling it. If you're selling it in a restaurant, yeah, then it has to be perfect. Uh, but if you're charging your family for it, that's weird. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love just like, oh, you just make a plant and you just finish it with a really good vegetable juice yeah, and it's exactly. done. It's done. And it's still risotto, no matter what anybody else tells you. It's risotto. Awesome. All right. So now we have sandwich land covered and we have risotto <laughs> world done. So let's walk over to the kitchen that we keep hearing and uh, let's make that soup. Okay, let's go. So here we are in your kitchen. Your industrious crew is prepping behind us. Thank you guys very much. Um, and you are going to make your chickpea tomato rosemary soup. Yes, exactly. So the thing with, I think, soups at home are either you can go something like really long and complicated, like start with the chicken stock or vegetable stock, whatever, or you can make things really simple and just leave it at that and be like, I just want a hot bowl of something liquidy that's delicious. And the nice thing with this soup is it kind of works with any kind of bean, any kind of other flavoring, any herb, it's really what you have. And you can make it as chefy as you want, as you'll see at the end. So we're starting with the pot. <laughs> um, and you, there's a recipe for this, but don't worry so much about uh, how much of each ingredient. You want enough oil to cover the bottom of the pan. 
So you're just squeezing a bunch of olive oil into the pan, like no big deal? Yeah, okay. like no big deal. I have my little squeeze bottle of it, and it doesn't really matter how much there is. And then I'm putting in about a cup of diced red onions. If you have a white onion, that's totally fine too. And then I have some minced garlic. I'm gonna put in about two tablespoons. If you don't like garlic, don't put in that much. And then I also have just a little pinch of chili flakes. You don't want the soup to be too spicy, uh, but it's nice if it has a little back kick. And then we're just gonna mix those up and wait for them to get translucent. And so um, in almost every recipe ever written in the English language, it tells you to get the oil hot first, and then when you throw in the onions, you should sizzle right away, it should be aromatic. And you're not really stressed about that. I'm totally not stressed. And actually, I think that's, a, that's sometimes a false thing to do because I don't want my onions to burn. So I can bring everything up to the same temperature if I throw it all in at the same time. I'm sure there's a scientist somewhere who'll be like, no, you have to get the oil hot for this reason. I've never tasted much of a difference. And this way I can make sure that the oil isn't too hot and I don't start burning the aromatics right away. And so like now it's starting to gently come up to a, a little bubble yeah. and like you just kind of like, you know, let that baby ride. Exactly. But the one thing I really don't want is I don't want my garlic to burn. And I'm turning down the wrong one. Okay, so um, we were just talking about this. I have like a fancy induction stove, so it takes almost no time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're almost at translucent. You can smell it. Now I'm actually going to just throw in the rest of the ingredients. We'll get a little bit of salt in there. These are canned chickpeas. Feel free to use whatever kind of beans you like. So just like a, about a couple cups, about two cups of canned chickpeas. Exactly. I'm going to add in two cups of diced tomatoes. I'm going to keep the rosemary whole. I want it to flavor the soup. I don't want to bite into it. Sometimes I find rosemary can get uh, really bitter. Mm. Okay. And now, I'm just going to add some water to cover. And so water, not stock. Like exactly. this is like super low five. <laughs> like this is something like my grandma would make. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of without being too disparaging. It's like, you know, peasant cooking. It's like what you have on hand. If I didn't, you know, kill a chicken that day or murder a bunch of vegetables, I would only have water. <laughs> and that's it, really. That's as easy as a soup can get. Uh, we're just gonna bring it to a boil. And I've resisted mentioning this, uh, but it's almost as if to demonstrate how incredibly simple this is. You're using a pot with no handle. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. There's no handle on your pot. Well, this is also, you're getting to see a true kitchen, right? Because I feel like when you do shoots like this and you know, the chefs always pull out their, their nicest pots and their nicest spoons <laughs> and their nicest bowls. No, not a dirt candy. Yeah. Not for you, Francis. <laughs> Here's my pot. The handle fell off. Yeah. I'm cooking. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well that's coming to a boil. I'm just gonna chop some parsley. There's a couple of ingredients that I think add to a soup that you don't necessarily have to have it. I always consider these sort of like the chefy ingredients. So parsley, I think it's delicious. I think it's the backbone of the kitchen. I think it makes everything taste better. Uh, but you don't, if you don't have any on hand, don't worry about it. I'm also gonna add some lemon juice. I think that really, really brightens up uh, a soup. But if you don't have any, also don't panic. You can use a little bit of vinegar. And I have some leftover Pecorino Romano 
I'm gonna throw that in too. And I'm also gonna zest some lemon at the very end, but if you don't have it, it really it doesn't matter. But like as a biased observer, I should say like you should have all these things at all times. Like I feel like a lemon you should always have. It's true. We should start the Parsley Appreciation Society because I feel like oh, everyone thinks of parsley as like that goofy herb that like sits on the side of your plate at the diner, but it's like it's super delicious. It tastes like pure green. It's true. And it makes everything feel fresh. Yeah, I feel like it's the salt of the herb world. Like it really adds that extra amount of flavor to every dish. Now I'm gonna zest a little lemon peel to add at the very end. And Again, you don't need it, but it is delicious. And if you have a lemon, then you might as well use the zest. It drives me crazy when people just add lemon juice to something and not the zest. The zest adds a whole level of sweetness that the juice doesn't. Mm -hmm. So it's more of like a whole lemon flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna give the soup a, a taste for seasoning. Make sure it's okay. Use a little salt. And then I'm going to take out the rosemary. I'm going to finish this with a little bit of lemon juice. And at this point, you have a choice. I have no problem seeing oil on top of the soup, but lots of people do. And so the way to get rid of that is to take out a cup of the soup and puree it and then add it back in. But you don't have to. So that does a couple of things. That will thicken the soup. Right. But then if you take and puree it and put it back in, it also like sort of helped the oil emulsify. Yeah, it, it absorbs all the oil. And you didn't really cook this for very long. Like it's been boiling for like just a couple minutes. Yeah, I'm just heating it. I'm hungry, it's lunchtime. I need soup right away. Yeah. <laughs> no time, no time. I just added about a half teaspoon of lemon zest. I'm gonna add a, about maybe a little bit more than a tablespoon of the parsley and then I'm going to take my cheese and grate a little bit of that on top. This is pecorino but I imagine given where we've gone today parmesan <laughs> would work yeah, whatever cheese. Cheddar, mozzarella, Cheddar. it really doesn't matter. We'll finish with a little bit of fresh salt and that's it. Would you like to taste? I would love or to like taste. Two minute soup. A two minute soup. Dude, that's so good. Right? It's so simple, yeah. but so good. The lemon zest at the end is actually really great because it doesn't, I think because you add it right at the very end, right. it doesn't like meld. And so like it hits you first. And so that's you're right. like, oh, cool, lemon. And then it's like, oh, wait, no, it's tomato. Oh, wait, no, it's bean. So because nothing is cooked very long, you're, what you're getting is a lot of flavor and a little bit of time because nothing has had time to melt. So yeah. think of that as the difference between sort of a more traditional soup where you're getting one flavor, one texture out of the soup, usually sort of like soft. Whereas with this, you have all these sort of punches of texture, and then you're getting hit with the tomato, the chickpea, the onion, the parsley, the cheese, the lemon. So it's like a little like flavor party in your mouth. It's salad, but a soup. <laughs> it's salad, but a soup. Welcome to Dirt Candy. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> all right, well, thank you so much for having us today, Chef. This is awesome. Good, I'm so glad. Thanks so much for coming in and joining me in the kitchen today. Amanda Cohen is the chef owner of Dirt Candy in New York City and is the author of Dirt Candy, a cookbook. Head to SplendidTable.org for some of her recipes, including her portobello mousse.